While we sit in the car staring out at the silent house, Balkus goes on to tell a tragic story about two young, seemingly normal people caught up in some extraordinary historical circumstances when the box they occupied in Ford's theater was invaded by John Wilkes Booth, the tall, handsome, fiercely Southern Confederate actor who put the barrel of a derringer to Lincoln's head and pulled the trigger, changing the course of American, if not world, history forever. You see, Mr. Baker, the professor goes on, the moment Booth burst into the box, Henry Rathbone tried to save his president by leaping towards the killer's gun. My guess is he would have gladly taken the bullet himself. But he was just too far away, and Booth was able to complete his grisly deed. However, that didn't stop Henry from apprehending the killer. But Booth was packing a fighting knife with an eight-inch blade, and he managed to cut Henry's arm so badly he nearly bled out on the spot. So what's this house got to do with what you're telling me? Although Clara and Henry settled in Washington, D.C. after they were married, this home is where they came to live during the hot summer months since it was close to Clara's father, who worked in the New York State Senate. Among the personal articles they brought with them into the marriage and into this house were the white dress that Clara wore on that fateful night, a dress that was stained with both her husband's blood and the blood from the president. They also brought with them the derringer that killed Lincoln and the fighting knife that cut Henry's arm. Then, as the story goes... Christmas of 1893, while they were living at the summer house for the holidays, Henry went into a rage, believing not only that Clara was having an affair, but that she was doing so out of shame for his having failed to save the president. Henry went upstairs to his room. There, he found the derringer and the fighting knife in his top dresser drawer, where it was stored along with Clara's blood-stained dress. The poorly professor is now making like a pistol with one hand, and a fist with the other as if gripping a knife. Loading the pistol and pocketing the knife, he headed back downstairs, where, in front of the children and their Christmas tree, he shot his wife in the back of her head. Dropping the pistol, he pulled out his knife and proceeded to stab himself in the stomach multiple times. Some say he survived and was institutionalized, but many believe he died that night and that it took him twelve agonizing hours to die. The exact amount of hours it took Lincoln to die, as if Brathbone had made a contract with God for it to happen that way. However, his voice trails off. However what, I say. No one has ever confirmed that Henry Rathbone, Clara Harris' murder, suicide story. No police reports were ever filed, and nothing exists in the Hall of Records other than a statement about their being buried in the Albany Rural Cemetery in a family plot purchased years earlier. You ask a homicide dick like me, Miller interjects, it's a made-up bedtime story that the truth behind their deaths isn't nearly as dramatic. The car goes silent again, while once more I stare through the glass at the house. Regardless of the truth, it's hard to believe such a peaceful, if not quaint cottage-looking residence could have sheltered such a dysfunctional family. A historical dysfunctional family. It's been said that as soon as Henry and Claire were buried, Henry Riggs Brathbone Jr. handed over the Derringer and that knife to the authorities, who, in turn, delivered them to the Ford's Theater Museum. As for the dress, however, he wanted to retain it, as if there was a special power that went with it. A curse, even. In the ensuing years, he stored it in the back of Claire's closet, a solid brick wall constructed before it to hide it away forever. But in 1910, Junior is purported to have broken through the brick wall in Clara's bedroom. Convinced the dress had haunted his family long enough, he retrieved the bloody dress and burned it, thus destroying the curse. 
But to this day, like so many other aspects of the legend, no evidence of the burned remnants have ever been confirmed, leaving some to speculate that the dress still exists. There are also rumors that the Derringer and fighting knife housed in the Ford's Theater Museum in Washington are fakes, indicating that Junior never did relinquish the true artifacts after the death of his parents. But the real McCoys are still out there somewhere, waiting to be discovered. Perhaps they were both wrapped in Clara's bloody dress. Now wouldn't that be the find of the century, Mr. Baker? He puts his hand on my leg again. I shake it away, again. This all sounds like folklore, if you ask me, I say. Balkus gives Miller a look like they're communicating without speaking. So what do you want with me? I go on. Why am I here and not back in New York City, Detective Miller? He says, the couple who lived in this house up until a few weeks ago have gone missing. Been missing for almost a week now.